Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. and he looks like he's frozen right now. So maybe okay. Jose. <laughs> so Jose is there. And yeah. I'm, I swear to God, I swear to God, like two seconds back? ago, it looked perfect. Oh, he's Am moving around. He's moving around. I don't think I was frozen. I think I was sitting really still. Uh, I mean, that's tremendous um, stuff. I also, it's also, it's also very loud back here. So I muted my microphone. So because there's so many people screaming. So maybe that's what happened. Being trying to be polite. This is a hell of a card, Jose. We'll get your thoughts on it because I know you don't have a ton of time to spend with us. It was capped off by a tremendous performance from Tom Aspinall. Ice cold. So ice cold that it's kind of frozen you in place uh, where you sit right now once again. So uh, we can hear you okay. Your thoughts yeah. on Tom Aspinall's performance, just this card as a whole, because this was something special for, for the London crowd. Yeah, it was absolutely electric all night. I mean, from the second... The, the first fight of the night to the last fight of the night, it was electric. And I tweeted this out. Tom Aspinall is a rock star. Everything about him uh, this week, the fans were just buzzing about him. I saw him get asked for about a thousand pictures uh, around the fighter hotel. He had a massive pop when he walked out. He had a, the second biggest pop of the night, or third biggest, I should say, Patty. And, and Molly obviously got a big, 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 big ovation. But Tom Aspinall is a rock star. And that dude is ice cold. And from here on out, I said this at the press at, on our preview show, it's, it's main events only. It's either main events on fight nights and nothing else or until he fights for the title. So it's not, the UFC has a bright, bright prospect in the heavyweight division. Did you like the call out of Tai Tuivasa? I mean, I loved those it. two can make I, some I magic it. together. You liked it? I liked it. I know Daspinal, uh, I've talked to him off, like, like, like not impressed by myself, but like out of, out of like various other, as they break down the table in front of me, <laughs> as the uh, various other uh, outside fighter hotels and stuff. And he says, I don't think they're going to ever match me and Dawkins up until we're both like 
number one, number two contenders because we're so young in this division, we're the brightest prospect. But now Doc has lost. Ty has kind of taken that spot as like the future young contender, and Aspinall has kept winning. Now they're there. Now's the time to do it. Either make that a number one contender fight in a main event here in the UK, because Dana White did say he's coming to the UK. I would imagine he also said the UFC is going to go to France in 2022. Cyril Gaon is going to be fighting for the interim title on that main event, or or France, or whoever. But if it's Cyril Gaon versus the winner of Tai Tuivasa versus Tom Aspinall, I mean, come on. That's about as good as you can get. So sign me up for all that scenario. Of course, AK and I will talk about matchmaking ideas on on to the next one. I do want to ask you about Arnold Allen, Jose. We'll talk in-depthly about this card, the, the other three of us. But Arnold Allen, we've been waiting. Okay, We even, we even titled yeah. on our podcast for the preview show, Tom Aspinall and Arnold Allen have the chance to have star-making performances. Aspinall, check. Safe to say Arnold Allen, check plus with the way he performed tonight because – the way he competed tonight, He's the way this fight began, I was like, uh-oh, this is probably I not freeze. the style he wants to go to. But uh, the man comes through and got it done. Your thoughts on Arnold Allen's performance and the reaction he got and the ceiling he has in this division? Yeah, pause on my second for a second. They're literally taking the internet away, so I'm having to like, MacGyver a whole bunch of stuff. Um, but yeah, Arnold, I, go watch the preview show. Remember what I Remember my prediction for that fight? I do. Man, was I wrong. Like, Arnold Allen just made me eat a fistful of crow. Like, my God. I said Dan Hooker was going to be one-way traffic, and Arnold Allen just beat the soul out of me. I spoke with Dan Hooker outside the fight hotel, and he's like, the only way Arnold Allen's going to beat me is if it's a brawl. And he doesn't want to get into into a brawl with me. And I was like, yeah, that's probably true. And then... Man, I'm stupid. I'm silly. So Arnold Allen is a bad dude. Wants Calvin Cater. Inject that fight right into my body for a top five fight. Arnold Allen's probably going to be, I don't know what he is in our ranking, but I know in the UFC ranking, I think he was eight or seven. And I think Josh Emmett is right above him. And Calvin Cater was above him. I love Josh Emmett. He's a great guy. But give me Arnold Allen versus Calvin Cater all day. Obviously, Calvin Cater's manager seems to be on board. They were booked at one point before. So, yeah, inject that fight in my body, too. But yeah, he last- was also like, he was a rock star. He also said, like, they're not going to push me because my accent isn't out of control like Darren Till, Conor McGregor, Patty Pimp. So he is hyper self aware of being a British fighter. And he, I love it. He's great. And he has an awesome personality. And then last thing before we let you go, let's talk about the, the UFC yeah. European mixed tag team champions, Patty Pimblett and Molly McCann. Those two tremendous performances. They come through. They got the crowd absolutely bananas. Patty Pimblett did what he was supposed to do. And then Molly McCann delivered probably the knockout of the year in 2022 so far. So just the atmosphere, the ambiance, all of it, their performances. Give your perspective on that. Oh, I mean, Molly got obviously a massive standing ovation when she came out. She was probably the second biggest star pre-fight outside of Patty Pimlet. Yes, Tom was the main event. But something about Molly and just her bravado and her accent and everything she says, like the English crowd just connects with her on like a spiritual level. It's very hard to describe. Um, I love Molly as a fighter. I didn't think she was going to do that. Uh, she's not really known for just, I don't know, send someone into the netherworld with an elbow so uh 
Dana White said it himself. He asked me point blank, what was the knockout of the night? I'm like, what was Molly McCann? That's knockout of the year. Ilya Tapora had the knockout of the year for about 30 minutes until Molly McCann threw a spinning back elbow. Uh, and Dana White was like, really? And then he literally went down the line at me in the media room and was like, what was, what was performance of the night? What was performance of the night? What was performance of the night? And everyone said Molly. And we were, he was like, huh, I thought you'd all say Arnold Allen. We're like, no, man, Molly McCann made a human being die on national television. Not really. But uh, when, when, her, when Priscilla was, like, taken in the back, it looked like she didn't know where she was. It was genuinely scary seeing her leave because she was on her feet. She was not mentally in the O2 in London. That's one of those knockouts that I was genuinely scared for her opponent. So, yeah, Molly was a rock star. And what can you say about Pat? The man puts his head down and walks into punches, got got clipped once, and still won. Don't think he can do that in the top 15. I know he doesn't want to fight Ilya. He doesn't want to fight Ilya Tapora. Ilya Tapora really wants to fight him. Obviously, I wouldn't say no to that fight, but I don't. I have a feeling that fight won't get made because, like I always say, the UFC never book fights. So that makes sense. I would, like I said on the previous show, I would really give Patty Pimlet a fight, like the like not this fight specifically, but like a fight of like the winner of Cowboy versus Mozart. like a legitimate veteran that's not going to be fighting for the not going to be fighting for the belt anytime soon that he could actually beat. I think Patty's the. I think Patty versus someone of that caliber is the way to go. Like get him, maybe not in the main. If they go to like Liverpool or Manchester or anything on the fight night, Patty could headline. Tom could headline from here on out. Tom is the guy. Tom, Tom Patty Pimlet is 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 a rock star. And according to our social and Twitter numbers that me and Eric are seeing, it's right and like the early days of Conor. The man is a rock star. Jose, well done out there, my man. Go get some sleep. Try to get back on the uh, the the old the old time frame that you're used to. Get rid of that jet lag, and uh, we'll speak soon, my man. I will not. I solid two three hours of sleep a night. I highly, I, no, I do not recommend it unless we get fight nights like this again. I will take two hours sleep a night for an entire week. You can promise me that. Tonight was top five events I have ever covered live. See you guys. Thanks, man. There he is. Jose Youngs. Well done. Traveling the globe for MMAfighting.com. So there you go. We got the, sorry about the Wi-Fi. I don't know what it is about the London Wi-Fi and trying to stream here it's just taking it away from him so yeah i mean they 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 basically stole his internet and macgyver young's just made it happen so (laughs) jed mishu ak lee sticking around listen i'm seeing it all over the place so let's try to try to answer this the casey Lydon fight everyone wants to know what's happening with casey Lydon fight yes so the answer is i had i don't know um from what we understand the promotion, which is Celtic Gladiator or Celtic mm-hmm. Gladiator, D E L T I C underscore Gladiator on Instagram, they're going to stream the fight live on Instagram when it happens. The question is, when is it going to happen? I don't know. We don't know. Casey is, I believe, the to to compare it to the UFC, he's the featured prelim. Okay, he's the last amateur fight before they go to the pro fights. He's the featured prelim bout. I think he's the sixth fight of the card. We are supposedly going to get an update before this fight happens that it's going to be live. And if it happens during this show, let's just say in the next ten minutes that this fight happens, we're gonna pick up the damn phone and we're gonna watch the fight and we're probably gonna do some play by play live here on the post fight show. Okay, yes. so get watch it. 
If you can't watch it, if you don't have Instagram, if you don't have any ways to watch it, we will walk you through it, okay? Yeah, podcast we're, listeners, we're we will guide you. We'll try to guide you. Uh, our our pal, Mark Ramondi, is on site with uh, with Casey and his team. He's also been saying he's going to uh, possibly stream. So, guys, yeah, uh, Celtic, Celtic underscore Gladiator on Instagram, as Mike said, and uh, Mark Ramondi on Twitter. Keep track of both of those. So, someone's going to have some sort of live stream. And we're gonna see. We're gonna see uh, the man himself make the walk to the cage. It's un- it's, it's unbelievable. It's still unbelievable. Uh, and, and anyone, please check out Casey's message uh, if you have time. Check, uh, Casey, the last thing he tweeted was just sort of a thank you to everyone. Uh, so I will pass that along to everyone who I know who is watching. So many positive messages that I, I know he's seen them. We've seen them. People just asking when's the fight gonna happen? When's the fight gonna happen? And watching the video on MMAfighting.com and all the documentation they've been doing. It's such a cool moment. Uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll just pass on that. Thanks from Casey to everyone, all the, everyone who follows MMA fighting, uh, really, really great to see that so much positivity and, uh, yes, we're all wishing him, uh, luck, whatever happens tonight. Yeah. We're not going to stay on here for two hours or anything like that, but if it happens <laughs> while the show is going on, yes. we're just, we're going to roll with it and make it happen. So <laughs> let's, let's try to focus on UFC London and then there's a poll. We have to change gears. Let's change there's gears. AK, there's a, there's a, a poll. poll. No freaking way. <laughs> there was no poll. On the, I, I have to say, okay, there's no poll during the... <laughs> during the uh the people's pre-fight show and people people were sad they were it's sad. not that hard to do guys it's not that hard to do you I guys mean, in this guys setup can... it's kind of it's kind of tough oh i'm not no, trying I... to step on your corner ak like that's, no, I, that's your bad. thing listen listen my polls other guys polls I'm, I'm a fan of all of them all right i got no problem with it but yes while you guys while jose was doing his part i did slip a poll in there while nobody was looking i'm known to do that from time to time uh so oh, it is how would you rate ufc london uh 10 right now 10 is leading the way uh, at 69 percent huge lead seven to nine 28 percent probably closer to nine than seven i would imagine uh i i bet most people are picking this as a as a nine or ten card it was just i mean it's just fantastic and uh, the other scores are barely registering two percent and two percent for the other the other two lower scores so um yeah a lot of positivity as jose was saying one of the five best cards he's ever been to in person probably one of the best international fight nights i think any of us has ever watched i i don't think that's a stretch Best card of the year, Judd? This has to be, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, I rarely am like, oh, I wish I was at this event. Like, I really like to go to fights, but it can be tiring. Like, that's a really long time to be on site and working. I distinctly had that feeling about halfway through this card. Like, right after the Tapuria McCann, like, one, two, I was like, man, I I am jealous of Jose right now because that that place has to be absolutely buzzing. And yeah, I I suspect that being because on TV it was best car of the year. I suspect in person that would have been right at the top of my favorite events I've ever been to. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs 
can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Well, the crowd was ruckus when Tom Aspinall went out there and just rolled Alexander Volkov, Jed Mishu. That fight was not competitive for even a second. When Volkov made the walk and he had that sort of psychotic focused look on his face, I thought to myself for, for mere seconds, this guy's ready to go. Like, we could be in for a banger here. This guy's ready. And then Tom Aspinall landed that first takedown and started beating him up, and he stood up, and he was cut on the top of his head. You saw the demeanor of Alexander Volkov change for the rest of the fight. That look was completely off of his face. He realized right then and then, this is a different dude that I'm in here with. This is a bad dude in Tom Aspinall. And Tom goes out there, takes him down again, finishes the fight shortly thereafter. Tom Aspinall is a problem, is he not? Oh, hell yeah, man. Like, look, we talked a lot. I, I thought Aspinall was going to win this fight. I don't know of a single person outside of, like, hardcore British people who are just like all in look like that because like the thing honestly the thing that impressed me the most i knew he'd have a speed advantage uh, he had more speed advantage than i even thought and he tuned volkov up on the feet a little bit but his ground and pound was absolutely vicious and that's not saying that he hasn't shown that he has got a very good top game he obviously has before but like Curtis Blades didn't do that to Volkov, and Curtis Blades is a much better wrestler than Tom Aspinall and, like, a pretty ferocious hitter in his own right. And he spent a lot of that time, you know, holding Volkov down while Volkov kept trying to get back up. But Aspinall got on top of him and went to work. Like, that, he, uh, one, we're going to, I don't know if it's here or somewhere else. We're going to have to start having some conversations about how y'all need to get on the Jed Mishu style of ranking things because I had Aspinall way higher than everybody else, and I'm feeling great about that right now because, like, this dude, I think he's even higher than I had him. I had him ranked, I think, seven, maybe six in my heavyweight rankings. He's higher than that. Like, I now believe that he could actually win a UFC title during his tenure, which – I thought he would challenge for one before, but not win. I think winning a belt is now a very real possibility for this man. Hell of a performance, AK, from Tom Aspinall. We already have our on to the next one suggestions just flying in. He calls out Tai Tuivasa. Calls out a guy who's become very popular. He's become a very big name in this heavyweight division. Your thoughts on Aspinall's performance? Did it kind of get him over that hump into being sort of in that star conversation? Do we feel excited about him and, and just the, the call-out in general? How would you rate it, rank his night? How would you grade his cool. night overall? Man, I mean, I, I messaged you, Mike. I, I said, we have to start calling this guy the gentleman heavyweight. I know, I know, we're in North America. We think everyone with a British accent is like super classy and super intelligent. I, I understand. I know it's, it's 
I would, I'm just being ignorant, but like there's just, he has such a calmness about him and it's, he's so easy going with the media. Like some people are easy going and boring. Like you have some people who like, they're easy going, but they give like really short answers. He's like, feels like super laid back, but he's also giving these like really thoughtful responses. And this, I'm, this is going back to like the media day earlier this week. So I'm saying like, so his performance before fight night, I thought was excellent as like, this is what you want. If you're in the UFC, this is what you want a headline to be like, yeah, he could talk a little more trash, I guess, but but as far as like his ability to handle the media and answer questions, like man, he's he's just so eloquent and so it says all the right things, especially about like, oh, I'm not looking back. I don't, you know, we try we in the media, we're trying to get bait, we're trying to goad him into the usual stuff, like call somebody out, you know, but even before you're done, what are you gonna do after Volkov and and how quickly are you gonna finish Volkov? And it's like he just doesn't bite on that stuff. Uh unfortunately for us. But as a fan, I think I would hope people find his act kind of refreshing. And then he goes in and perform more, most importantly, then he goes in and performs. Um, he didn't now, uh, I had said in my prediction that like the mixing of the martial arts, as much as I disdain it, uh, would be key, would be key to him getting a win here. I thought it would go to a decision, uh, which is, I know most people was like unlikely they said it's got to end in the first three rounds of heavyweights, which I understand, but I thought he gets to like mix it up a lot, mix in takedowns and, and just, just, you know, put on a convincing win that way against Volkov. I didn't expect him to mix the martial arts and just completely wipe him out wrestling jujitsu. Jed mentioned the ground and pound. Uh, we know he can strike. He said afterwards in the post-fight press conference, like, damn, I wish I, I I know I still didn't get to show up my arsenal. Like I wish I had, but also I prefer it this way too. He's like, I want to be the biggest mystery at heavyweight. So like if people, <laughs> if it's just first round finishes for the rest of his career, he's like, and people never get to see my whole arsenal. He's like, great. <laughs> That's great. I want to show more. If I don't get to, it means I'm winning fights. Right. So um, yeah, th this was such a, such a, such a, and keep people, remember he wasn't, originally going to be the headliner if i'm not mistaken right it was he was going to fight uh shamil abdurakhimov uh probably on the main card but not in the heavyweight uh, not in the, the the headliner so he got this main event spot and it went so well for him so well for the ufc not so great for alexander volkov but uh, i'm kind of with jed I, i'm not saying i agree with his ranking system but he was very high on aspinall going into this and aspinall Oh, I, I just want to ask, uh, Jed, you, did you have him ranked higher than Tuivasa? And if not, will he be ranked higher than Tuivasa next time? I didn't strictly because, like, I made a, I made an exception out of my general rules for Tuivasa just because the win. It was hard for me to figure out where to put him because I wanted to put blades over Tuivasa still and just right. kind of couldn't. So I had him right beneath that little core section. Um, in fact, I think I had him one spot in front of Alexander Volkov. So that's looking like roses right now. Uh, he might get a bump because that he probably will get a bump because that was just, that was awesome. Tom Aspinall crushing it. Great performance. Star making type of night for Tom Aspinall. Another guy on the gentleman nickname though. We got to come up with something better. Oh, what, like Bobby Knuckles? Ugh. Bobby Knuckles is an incredible Ugh. organic nickname. The, the, that's a whole other debate. The, the media It's not organic. The media has been shoving it down Robert Whitaker's throat for that's, so long. And he finally said, fine, I guess I'm Bobby Knuckles. That's the definition of organic. It's what people nickname. Nothing we do is organic. Not a nickname he chose because he thought the Reaper sounded cool or I like, whatever. I like Most white nicknames are not organic. That one. Know. Hick like Diaz is an organic. That is good. Name. That is. Good. I'm not going to hate on Hick Diaz. Hick Diaz is one of the greatest nicknames ever been in sports. So. Well, the Reaper. I call him the Reaper. 
Yes. I, I mean, I kind of like the gentleman aspect. And if you ever fought Cyril Ghosn, oh. the, way you, the way you promote that fight is instead of doing like media days, you sit them both in a the room. They're yeah, both wearing have smokers jackets. Have a look. Have a look. Fireplace is going. They're sharing. A cup of, they're having a cup cups of or, cocoa. Yeah. And they're doing a, a little face-to-face interview, maybe playing Ooh. some uh, some cribbage or something. Like that, that that that's just amazing television. He said he saw Cyril Ghosn during fight week, I think. And he said he was like, he wants to hang out with Cyril Ghosn. He said, he said, that's a handsome man. He said, he said, Cyril Ghosn is very handsome. And I'm like, that'd be a very handsome, that'd be a handsome matchup. The, ha- the handsome heavyweight matchup. We got to make this happen. I don't particularly think Tom Aspinall is all that No, handsome, I think so. I don't think he's an ugly dude, but I don't know. Not my cup of tea, I guess. Your cuppa. Not your cuppa. Not your cuppa. Uh, Not my cuppa. Yeah. Shout out to Dana for all the bonuses, which kind of leads. Do that every to time. Yeah, yes. Just make that a regular Tom thing. Tom Aspinall <laughs> was one of nine bonuses. Nine bonuses. Uh, anyone who got a finish got a bonus tonight, which you kind of feel bad for Jack Shore and Timur Valiev, who had an incredible fight. Yeah. Absolute incredible fight. No bonus money for those guys? I mean, come on. I don't even... The thing is, I don't think they would have won fight of the night. Like, as good as that fight was, if they had done traditional bonuses. Like, is that your fight of the night? I think I'd give it to Arnold Allen and Dan Hooker for that two minutes of chaos. That was awesome. That was awesome. That was was awesome. Unbelievable two minutes. That's my fight of the night. I don't care. All right. Well, let's talk about that fight. Arnold Allen coming out party. We've been waiting for this. Eight wins in a row heading into the fight. Had some finishes early on, had dominant wins along the way, some fun performances, very technical. Like I said, he was like the Tim Duncan of the featherweight division for a while. Just very serviceable, workmanlike, gets the job done, gets his hand raised, moving up the ladder, but kind of slowly. But we were waiting for this moment to come, to come out against a high rank, a name, someone people know, tough guy, and just get a big finish. And that's exactly what he did tonight. So... Jed, your thoughts on AAA, the job he did in the co-main events. What a performance. It was, this was what he needed. He needed this to break out of the Leon Edwards zone. Um, Tim Duncan is a fine comparison. I've been going featherweight Rory McDonald because I feel like there's a lot of overlap in their styles of fighting. And people forget that Rory McDonald had like a really big portion of his career where he just won sort of tepid decisions and people weren't stoked on him. Um, even though he was the next GSP. And so I think he, he kind of put all that to bed. Like this is, this was the highlight. We talked about it. I don't remember where we talked about it sometime this week on him needing, he doesn't have a highlight that sticks out. That's like, Oh yeah, this is the thing to point to. He got it now, baby. Like that was in spades. He came and uh, put the boots to Dan Hooker in the most exciting two minutes and 30 seconds of fighting you're going to ever watch. And this is it. Give him. uh, I echo everything Jose said. Him and Calvin Cater, just hook it up right here, baby. Let's go. Straight shot. In. Yeah. I mean – AK, you've been listening. I mean, you, you're the co-host of On to the Next One. Mike checks, Mike drops on the show. Been telling you guys for months the UFC has been trying to put together Arnold Allen versus Calvin Cater. Talked about main event in October, main event November, main event December, even main event January. They were trying very hard to put those guys into a five-round main event, but Arnold Allen, just the hand injury just wasn't cooperating. Took a, That's why he was out for so long. Hurt his hand. 
trying to get cleared. It just took a long time. Cater got Chikadze, and now Allen gets Dan Hooker. This kind of worked out pretty damn well for Arnold Allen because he got to do it in England. He got the big, huge star-making pop from the crowd, and he gets that finish. So I think, although 11 months is a long time to see this guy fight, and we hope he's a little more active moving forward, this worked out pretty damn good for both guys, right? Cater gets the big win, and then Arnold Allen comes out and gets a big win like that. This actually worked out great. Yeah, I mean, look, that's that's the next logical matchup. It's a great fight. Whenever wherever it lands uh, this year, it's a great fight. We we need to see it. It's crazy, and this is gonna be the story of most of the card, including the main event. How we, like all this stuff that we said needs to happen for certain fighters. Um, at, at this event kind of happened. Arnold Allen was the biggest one. Arnold Allen was like, man, this guy's eight. No, um, he's pretty good with the media. He wasn't so great earlier this week. He seemed a little sedated, not down, just like sedated. And then, but we, and we said, to, we said he needs a marquee name. And I think Dan Hooker certainly fits that bill. Uh, he's, he's been on a lot of high profile, lightweight contests, very, very uh, well-liked fighter by the fans and the media. There you go. So that was the big name. He needs a signature moment. You know, he had, I think he has like one finish, one or two finishes in the UFC and hadn't finished someone in so long. First round knockout within a scrap with Hooker, fantastic. The only thing that he needs now is to stay busy, which again, well, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, like I said, if he gets a cater fight later this year, even two fights in a year for him would be really good because this was, sorry, guys, I have my notes, uh, his first fight since last April. Uh, before that, he hadn't fought since January 2020. Uh, and if you look at his record, it's like one fight a year tops. I think there might have been one, one in the last like five or six years, there's maybe one year where he fought twice. So that's the next question needs to be answered. Um, but like you guys said, if everything falls correctly, him and uh, Calvin Cater in a high-profile fight somewhere later this year, and and that's it. And if he gets that win, we're talking ten and zero in the UFC. So nine and zero now, nine straight. He is tied with the champ Volkanovski for the longest uh, active streak at featherweight, including that's including one catchweight belt that Volkanovski had when his uh, I think it was either his opponent missed weight or it was a planned catchweight. But depending on how you want to say it, it's either they're tied at nine. Or if you're just counting featherweight bouts, then Arnold Allen has the longest UFC win streak right now with the nine straight. So pretty good is what I'm saying. Pretty good. Another man y'all are sleeping on in those rankings. This is a big weekend for the Jed Mishu ranking system. Just saying. I got Allen at seven. Mike, I think you got him at like 10. I'm still waiting for Charles Oliveira to be number one in your rankings. I'm still waiting for that. That wasn't a big weekend for you when he he smoked uh, Dustin Poirier. I'll tell you that. Uh, he he adjusted by one spot. Good for him. <laughs> he should have been number one. Still, still hasn't beat Islam or Gaethje. I need to see either of those wins. They the- haven't beaten him. Anyway, that's a whole other debate. I, this this was a big weekend for the Jed rankings, but let's let's be realistic here, Jed. Let's let's wait for you know. Let's let's see uh, the weeks that aren't so great. I want to see you bring those up when they're not great for the Jed rankings. I'm just saying. I happen to have Arnold Allen one spot above Calvin Cater. Uh huh. And when those two fight, it's going to be a banger. And Arnold Allen will be fighting for the title after he beats Calvin Cater later this summer. Oh, my goodness. That's ten a goal. Wins, ten wins in a row in the division. Yeah, I mean. There's nobody else up for him. He beats Cater. I think he's a lock for a title shot at that yeah. point. All right. What about Dan Hooker, Jed Mishu? This is a guy who, going into Michael Chandler's debut, right? Michael goes in and fights Michael Chandler. Does a great job at the press conference. Looks like a star. And then everyone actually thought it was a really good matchup for him against Michael Chandler. And then Chandler knocks him out. And from there, it's just been a rough go for, for the hangman. Now he's at a new division, gets stopped in the first round. Now what? Now what do we do? So remember when before we were talking and you were very confident 
that no matter what happened, Dan Hooker was probably not going to lose a lot of stock here. And I'm not so sure about that. I, I got a lot of questions about Dan Hooker and his future. And I felt that that was possible. I want to be extremely clear. Did not think Arnold Allen was going to run through Dan Hooker like this. But I thought even a loss still is is really tough. Hooker is in loss four or five. He ostensibly makes this drop to a new weight class because this is where he thinks he can put together a title run. Because after fighting Islamakachev, he's like, yeah, I'm not beating that dude ever. So 155 is a fool's errand. Uh, and now he you know, gets got by a guy who most people wrongly have ranked at, you know, the top 10 spot instead of a top five, seven guy like I do. So that alone is tough for him. And the way he got beat, like, I don't, I don't want to throw it out there too early, but there are, I think there are at this point legitimate questions about whether his chin can hold up at to, to the action that he is going to have to face because the biggest thing I noticed outside of the fact that he got rocked a lot by Arnold Allen, who has not historically been a big finisher, is he was glacially slow compared to Allen. Like, Allen looked like he was on 1.5x speed in there against Hooker. And so if his chin can't hand, stand up to the shots, he's going to eat a lot of shots at featherweight because he's not going to be that fast with the division. So I don't, I, I don't know. If I'm him, I think he goes back to lightweight. That's where he by far had his most success. But he might should just take some time off and and develop for a little, a little while. You know, Calvin Cater took a year off after getting dinged up by Max Holloway and came back, looked as good as he ever has. I think maybe you just take some time off if you're Dan Hooker, do some work, you know, improve, fig- figure things out, reset, and then come back with fresh eyes because tough scene. I think Dan will end up staying at 145, and I think Dan Hooker fans are going to hate my on to the next one suggestion that that he could find himself in. So stay tuned for that uh, on that program when that drops. So uh, other notable performances, we got to talk about Patty Pimblett because this card, even though it wasn't in the main event, even though it wasn't in the co-main event, this is the Patty Pimblett fight week. Stole the headlines, got into the skirmish with the man he calls hand sanitizer boy. <laughs> with Ilya Taporia, he goes out there against Kazula Vargas, biggest favorite on the card, treats him accordingly, gets the finish, gets the big pop, has the post-fight promo. Dana White puts him over. I mean, this was to be expected in a lot of ways, but AK, did Patty Pimblett exceed your expectations? Did he meet him or did he not match him? I mean, absolutely nailed the expectations. I, I, I first first round submission, I think was one for Pimble. I think was one of the easiest calls. I don't know if people got worried when you know Vargas was like on top at first. I'm like Vargas is an aggressive guy, and but his ground game is not super strong, especially compared to Pimblet, who um, a lot of people saw Pimblet's first fight and weren't familiar with him and thought like, oh, this is another McGregor, this is another stand up guy. And it's like, no, he's a, he's a grappler. He's primarily a grappler. He does like to throw leather. Um, he's got some natural power. But definitely his best bet is to go to the ground. So once it got, even when he was on his back, I'm like, this isn't going to go well for Vargas. And, and it certainly didn't. Uh, and, um, you know, Pimble ended up getting the submission. But uh, yeah, look, it's, he's, he's, he's the perfect kind of, of star that the, that the UFC uh, likes, the international star that the UFC likes to have. Some people love him, some people hate him. Everybody's talking about him. I see a lot of comments on our website and on social media like, man, why does the media cover this guy so much? It's like, there is a legitimate it factor there. We don't we don't create Patty Pimblets. You gotta understand. I mean, we have some influence on what people see and read about, but Patty Pimblet was one of those guys who, when he was in Cage Warriors, there was 
we if you would wrote if you wrote a story about him, it would like it would be on par with you know some of the mid tier UFC guys. That's not normal. You guys, know that's not a normal thing. UFC, as you guys know, is like the biggest brand of all. UFC just by by nature is going to be the you know eighty percent of eighty ninety percent of the stories you read. So when someone like that registers on their own, you have to take notice. And what is it that makes him special? I don't know. Is it the look? Is it the bravado? He's been in some exciting fights. Yes. Um, has he beaten good names? Yeah, but hasn't been like amazing names. Even in the UFC, the way they're handling him is, let me just say, the way the UFC is handling him, perfection. <laughs> you are supposed to be, if you think someone has some sort of mass appeal, even if you can't quantify it, your it is your goal as a, as a promotion, which sometimes we forget because Dana White is not the greatest promoter in the world. It is your job, him and the matchmakers, everyone involved, to put him into positions to succeed. This is the definition of it. I mean, you could have put him in the co-main events. I'm glad they didn't. I think Arnold, Allen, and Hooker deserve that shine. But you could have done it. Nobody would have complained. Um, and, and this is how you showcase a guy with his skills. I don't even think I, – I don't know how good he is. I don't have him ranked in my top 50 at lightweight. That's how, like, maybe I'm being disrespectful, but just kind of based on his level of competition and what I've seen, I think he's really good. I just – but lightweight is super deep. I don't have him in the top 50. Some people might have him, I don't know, top 25. I don't know. And maybe you're not wrong. But – it's that it's that discussion that it creates. It's this range of opinions you can have. Like I said, he could be ranked anywhere from 25 to 50, depending who you're talking to. You can't say that about a lot of people. And then putting him in his home in in, uh, in his home country, putting him in London, just brilliant. And uh, again, love him or hate him, he's someone we are going to be talking about for a long, 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 long time. And uh, UFC, just keep handling him the way you're handling him. Don't throw him into anything crazy. Definitely don't book him with Ilya Topuria. What do you think, Jed? A plus for Patty tonight, or not that high? I mean, it's an A plus because he he nailed the assignment. If we're grading on a curve, you know, it's much lower because the assignment was fairly easy. But um, you know, he did everything he was supposed to do, and everything AK said is right. Like, there's not honestly too much to say beyond it, except for I, y'all have heard from me a lot this week. I don't think Patty's all that good. I think having him outside the top fifty is totally reasonable, but it doesn't matter if he's good or not. He is compelling. People are interested in him. And again, like AK said, we're not making a narrative here. Like we, the media does not drive narratives. We follow the path to, to produce the content that you people want and are interested in, in, in a lot of ways. And Patty Pimblett, for whatever reason, is that I don't know why. I don't think you can ascribe anything to it. It's, it's the it factor. It's what he has. So, um, you know, he's he's not great, but keep doing what you're doing with him. And it's perfect. It's 100% exactly how you book him. Uh, this man should never fight outside of the UK again. There's no reason for the UFC to book him in a Vegas event in Abu Dhabi anywhere. Put him in the UK and don't feed him anybody worth, you know, worth their salt. Like, just keep giving him wins. Full on Michael Venom page, this man. And ride this yes. train until the wheels fall off. There ain't nothing wrong with that. It's a great, great answer. Great point. I, I was giving, I gave him like, I was in the B plus A minus range with Patty. I just, I mean, it was a fine performance. He did what he had to do. It wasn't like a big shocker or anything like that. I actually dug the post fight interview and the fact that he completely no no sold Ilya Taporia and made, shut that fight down. That brings it to an A plus for me because this guy gets it. He's not dumb. He's 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 a smart guy. That he knows that Ilya Taporia is a terrible fight for him. 
he will lose that fight and he probably knows it. So good on him for to having for having the wherewithal because it could have been very easy to get on the mic and just rip Ilya Tapori apart for a fight that probably isn't going to happen. But he was just like, he just no-sold him. Like, this guy's shooting up. He's a sheep. I'm a lion. F that guy. Brilliant. He also, said, he also said, I'm not fighting anyone in the top 15 until they pay me more money. Correct. That was, that was so and good. I'm like, what? This man understands promotion. Yeah. Sean, Sean O'Malley said a similar thing, and more fighters should go with that. Yeah, what, what does ranking mean to me? Losses hurt me. Losses to uh, someone in the top 15 hurt me more than me just getting a fight in the top 15. Like, no one, it doesn't help my bank account if I fight someone in the top 15 and lose. If you're going to pay me more and I lose, then that's fine. But let's talk about the pay first, and then I'll fight whoever you want. So, yeah, but it, but Ilya's not a top 15 lightweight. No, no, he just said in general. He said, like, said after, he said, I don't want to fight where, oh, and I don't want to fight anyone in the top 15. He's like, both. Yeah. He's like, I don't care. It's like, just pay. he's like, keep beating yeah, the guys, yeah. and my, I don't care. And like <laughs> we talked about before. He's not beating anybody in the top 15, so he's a great choice. He's great. He does everything correctly. All in on Patty Pimblett being a promotional monster. Um, just not all in on him, you know, actually being a good enough fighter to become the next Conor McGregor. Yeah, he called out Mark of Zuckerberg instead, and that was that was go. smart on his part. He so can beat up Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> yeah, he'll win that fight. <laughs> I'll give him that one, yeah. I think he can take that one. Gunnar Nelson. Nice performance. Good to see you. I mean, I mean, honestly, that just goes to show you how good this card was because Gunnar Nelson just rolled poor Takashi Sato and nothing for him. I mean, this was an absolute one-sided ass whooping. And that was like the worst thing that happened all night when on any other card, he'd be a, a top storyline for after the long absence coming through and 30, 26 in Takashi Sato across the board. Congratulations for him again. On to the next one. Many of you are not going to be, especially if you're a fan of Gunnar Nelson, you're going to hate the matchup that I have picked for Gunnar Nelson. So stay tuned for that. Molly McCann, front runner right now, wow. leader in the clubhouse for knockout of the year. That spinning back elbow of Luana Carolina. What a crazy fight that was. She came out like a bat out of hell in the first round. Started to slow a little in the second. She won the second round. And in the third round, she just finished it in emphatic fashion. You're ever winning Unbelievable. The I had her winning the second. It's close, but I had her win in the second. I thought the momentum was shifting, though, for sure. Uh, Ilya Taporia, right before that, the aforementioned Ilya Taporia yeah. had the knockout of the year in 2022, <laughs> like Jose said, for about 30 minutes, probably less than that. <laughs> Die Herbert looked pretty damn good in that first round, but now, man, I don't know. Uh, I mean, they'll probably keep him around for another fight, but that's probably do or die for him at that point. Like beating Kama Worthy, I mean, Kama, great guy, great fighter, but you could tell if you touch that chin. You know, it's 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 kind of done for him. So we'll see what happens with Jai. Makwan Amir Khani, you know, he kind of, you look at his, the best topology photo in the business, no doubt about it. It's him just sitting in the lounge with, with the women hanging off him, the, the mamacitas, if you will. And he just came in looking scraggly, you know, had the neck beard and just looked like he didn't even take a shower all week. And maybe that's the guy we've been waiting for. You know what he looked like? There? He, he, looked, he looked like a dad. He looked like a dad, dad, which is what he is, which is what he is now, and says he's it's changed him. He's a mature man now. He has other other responsibilities. That's right. A lot of a lot, lot of motivation. Of course, Mike Grundy shooting in for a takedown and putting his head in between. Hey man, take my neck. Put his right there. Probably not. It's yours. It's a gift. <laughs> Consider it a gift for you and your newborn baby. Yeah, but you know, probably not the best strategy. Uh welcome back, Sergey Pavlovich. Out. <laughs> Welcome back, Sergey Pavlovich. Nasty knockout. 
Paul Craig delivered the best Twitter spaces moment we've had because we had a gentleman who came on and said, I got a five fight parlay, including Paul Craig, who at the time were watching this. Nikita Krylov is on top of Paul Craig, just lighting his world on fire, just he landing these big shots. And the legs come up. Paul Craig gets the submission out of nowhere. And Chuck Mendenhall delivered the tweet of the night when he said, quote, Paul Craig is now eight and two in fights that he has lost. So or, or fights he was losing or lost or something like that. So quote unquote is wrong. It was a great tweet. Tremendous stuff. Tremendous with Paul Craig. So now the man who bet on the underdog in his five fighter parlay, he was very happy. And unfortunately, Mike Grundy, another underdog, oh. cost him his five fight parlay. I don't parlay underdogs, people. That Take was, that underdog value and be happy when it hits. Read Jed Mashu's guys. Jed Mashu has a column every Friday. Do. Uh, he has a guy kind of a column. It's, it it's a really it's, big one this week, too. Yeah, MMAfighting.com, guys. I, I mean, you've only been doing it again for the last, like, three, this, this year, basically. Yeah, like, okay. But people, it's back. And you used to, I think you used to do it before. It's back. Follow Jed Mashu's Jed Gambling column. I don't encourage gambling, guys. I don't encourage gambling on MMA. But if you're going to, I'm just saying. I encourage when you hit the I'm long shot of the week a plus 3,500. Bet. Wow. Oh, McCann, wow. third round TKO, baby. Let's go. <laughs> By the way, uh, the Grundy thing, this was Amir Khani's third anaconda choke in the UFC. And I'm looking at the fifth in his career. So when you guys say he really like gave him his neck, yeah, it's like, he, you got to know. believe it. I you got to know. Believe it. The, that is the his move. Way possible. That is it. That is the signet. That is like his sharpshooter. That is like his signature finisher. Like, <laughs> <laughs> sure. I mean, would you like this? Let's Ugh. let's see how this goes. Sorry, yeah, I mean, Randy. Mike fighting with a with a very heavy heart, so maybe that was in there. He gave his that dad is. a hug, who's uh, terminally ill, and he was there, so it was a, a, a very tough. big moment for his family. So, yeah, I mean, tough transition from that. Jack Shore, Timur Valiev. Again, I tweeted this out, and I stand by it. If there's a person in the world who comes up to you and says, "Why do you watch that disgusting sport?" You show them the Jack Shore team or value fight and you will make them believers because that was a tremendous battle. Uh, it was good stuff. Jack Shore, the real deal, gets unanimous decision win. Ted, can you crack your top 15? Uh, no. Not yet. It's a very deep, it's one of the deepest it, divisions. It's, it's so just, tough. It's just impossible. Like, it's the best division in the sport. I, it's not lightweight, but you know, <laughs> it's, it's either second or third. Would best. you rank him above Sean O'Malley? No, it's close. It's you would pick Sean. So let me get this straight. If Sean O'Malley oh, that's a good Jack, question. Yeah. If Sean O'Malley and Jack Shore were fighting next week, and you're making your topology picks, you're picking Sean O'Malley uh, to beat Jack Shore because this is this is I, your thing. This I is know, how I, you do it. I think I am. I'd need to like go rewatch Sean O'Malley tape. Mm-hmm. He look. I'm not like the biggest Sean O'Malley guy. He has a lot of flaws. He's good. He, he's good. He's a legitimately predatory yeah. striker mm-hmm. and. I am not, frankly, a huge team of value of guy. Like, I think he's a good fighter. I don't. I think he was getting a little bit too much smoke coming into this one, and he had some real moments on the feet against Shore, and with some real basic stuff. I think that fight's really close to a coin flip because Sean O'Malley can could light him up on the feet if if he can get rolling there. But I could also see Shore not letting him get rolling. So, so that would be a great fight that will not happen. A great yes. fight. Someday, maybe. I, I, I'll ask in a, I'm going to ask in a poll. I, I just threw up another poll for that, guys. Uh, will Arnold Allen be booked to fight for a UFC title in the next 12 months? 60% no, probably because either they think he would lo- he's going to lose to Calvin Cater 
or it's going to all going to get pushed back by what you know Volkanovski and Holloway is trying to resolve their trilogy. Like, there's a lot that could push. Like, even if Arnold Allen beats Cater, that could push it back like so far. So that's probably if Holloway beats. Yeah, him, exactly, then, exactly. Then we're doing like six of those fights, so that yeah, he just never gets to fight for the belt. And what's interesting is if Jack Shore, if Jack Shore was fighting any other bantamweight except maybe for Marab. Or maybe Piotr, yeah. If Jack Shore is fighting somebody besides Timur Valiev and the shots he was actually landing, he probably gets a bonus tonight because he probably finishes the fight. But Timur Valiev, I don't know what shout, that man is made of. Shout to Timur Valiev because that second one that dropped him, oh. I don't understand. Like, that was <laughs> that was a nasty shot. And then he got up and waved him on. Like, an absolute monster. It's just like, whatever. Unbelievable effort from from Team Value. Jack Shore's got to be like, oh, thank God it's a third round after seeing that because he's like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Uh, the only flaw of the night was the fight that happened before that Jack Shore fight. Elise Reed defeats Corey McKenna mm-hmm. via split decision, which was fine. The, I mean, the decision which was fine. Was, yes, the Reed winner, the winner fight. was fine. The winner was fine. Elise Reed won that fight, <laughs> but Derek Cleary. Shame on you. You suck, dude. You suck. 3027 McKenna. Were you taking a like were you it's taking a really piss? What, what are you doing? That's really a terrible. That is that's the worst scorecard of the year. Beyond without question. I have to, we've had some really scorecard. bad. I feel like last oh, week we had a 3027 like, McKenna. That's horrible. Worth a really bad 3027 in some fight, too. That I yes. I can't remember. There have been. We should make this a category in the awards. Derek Cleary and Sal Diamato should fight because <laughs> I mean, the, and the loser cannot judge anymore. I think that's that's the fight you make. That's that is a god awful scorecard. It, it, was, it was bad, really terrible. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May seventeenth, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. But I do want to mention, I've seen the name pop up a few times, the man who kicked off the night's festivities, Mohamed Mohayev. Took him less than a minute. Absolutely destroys Cody Durden. I mean, this this was a brutal flying knee or switch knee into into just a sick, tight, nasty ghillie. And Cody was donezo. I mean, less than a minute. This kid is 21 years old, Jen Mishu. 21 years old. And he's not even like he's eight years away from his prime. How scary is this? This is a bad dude. He's a future champion. He's going to crack my top 15 pretty highly uh, in this next round of rankings. Look, I had some questions coming in. He obviously had a ton of amateur experience. I was interested to see how he would essentially handle the big bright lights of what this card was going to be, you know, 18,000 screaming fans in the O2 because everybody was going to be there from Jump Street. You know, all of this and how he'd handle it. And Cody Durden is not like the world's greatest fighter, but he's a he's a veteran dude. He's game. 
and rolled through him like tissue paper, man. That one dusted him up like it was nothing. Smooth work. This dude is a problem. 21, assuming he gets better, which he will at least improve. Um, but if he improves rapidly, like men, young men of that age who are committing themselves to this can do, dude is going to be an absolute monster. Uh, I'm staking it right now, future champion. Uh, and like I said, he's going to be just outside my top 10 at flyweight uh, in this next round of rankings. Great addition to a division that wasn't even around a few years ago, AK. They try to take it away from everybody. It is now back. It's better than it's ever been. And now you have a future face of this division in Muhammad Mahayev. What I mean, just holy cow, just unbelievable. It was just unbelievable. This is this is the perfect fight to start the night off because I don't know, like the matchmakers get it A plus just for booking this card and putting it in the order that it that they put it in. But starting it off with this fight, they just knew something that that the I mean, they knew something that a lot of people knew, but I don't think anyone expected him to go out there and just blast Cody Durden in under a minute like this. Yeah, it's a perfect spot for it. Look, if, if, if Mahaya for some reason comes out and drops a stink bomb, then guess what? No one's talking about it tomorrow. It's just oh, it's the opening fight of the card. Durden like grinds out a you know a three uh, three round decision. Eh, it's whatever. Kid's twenty one years old. Book him for another fight. Doesn't matter. But when you get what happened and he dominates Cody Durden and submits him in under a minute, then you've suddenly got this great great starter to what turned out again to be probably the best card of the year. What will go down as you know one of the best cards of the year very likely in nine months unless we have a truly truly insane a year which is possible but um yeah it was a great way for him to start like you said mike this is this is how you book a card properly you build up uh you have prospects at the bottom then you've got some competitive fights in the middle craig krilla probably kind of a little probably could have been a little bit higher but when you look at the main card you really can't argue maybe Gunnar Nelson Sato, but they kind of, you know, this, that was sort of a welcome back Gunnar Nelson. Um, he's a known properties of veteran. So almost respectfully putting him on there. Other than that, I don't know what cards you would, what fights you would have taken off the main cards. So Craig and Krilov is really just, just a victim of the numbers game, but we did, did we, we barely talked about Sergey Pavlovich who looks like he's a contender at, uh, at heavyweight. My goodness, the guy's a beast. He's only lost to friggin' Overeem in his UFC debut. No one, I mean, he came in, no one expected him to win that fight. Holy crap, what a great night. Um, and Mikhaev, yeah, uh, look, 21 years old. Again, ton of, a ton of actual fighting experience when you count his amateur. He's something on like a 30-fight win streak if you count his amateur fights. Um, so, you know, I know whatever, amateur's amateur, but winning fights winning fights on, in any circumstance is difficult. And uh, if you're winning 30 in a row, boy, you're, you're doing something right. And I kind of agree with Chad. Like, it's a good thing he's probably, what, like three or four, four or five fights away from a title shot because the guys at the top right now are you know, Figueredo, Moreno, whoever, you're kind of just counting the days until this kid comes for you. Because by the end of 2023, we're, he's definitely going to be saying, hey, I'm, I'm about ready. For, maybe we're hyping it up too much. But if he continues along this arc, he just looks really composed and really talented. Um, he does seem to have the, the right infrastructure behind him and around him. Uh, maybe some questionable characters. You guys can check uh, Kareem Zidane's uh, Twitter feed to see maybe not associated with the best people unfortunately but if we're just talking strictly in cage in gym you know his talent level it's undeniable and uh even some good mike skills too kind of sticking it to cody durden for the you know uh telling ayori keeling up to china he said hey go to the u.s embassy and they'll fly you right back to the united states so hey he is prepared give him that 21 years old so much poise it's it's really scary um you wouldn't know he's only had whoever set the seven pro fights and he's only 20 year, 21 years old used to debut he looked uh it was a hell of a debut 
one of those guys with just super long, super loaded up amateur careers. Um, kind of like uh, when, when Shorty Torres turned pro, there was a very similar sort of vibe because Shorty was like 30 and one as a, as an amateur and won a bunch of world championships. And I think in the same weight class as well. And now we got Muhammad coming up and, and did something similar. And this guy is just an absolute fireworks display for sure. So, and again, if you missed it, two things, one, everyone who got a, who got a finish, got a bonus. So congratulations to everybody. Hopefully this is not a, uh, a unicorn. This is something that happens consistently. And two, because I keep seeing the questions and some of you are just jumping on right now. Where's Casey? Where's Casey? Where's Casey? Casey hasn't fought yet. I don't know when he's fighting. He's the sixth fight of the card. I just went to the Celtic Gladiator Instagram page and it looked like their card like just started. Yeah. Like it just began. Yep. So and these amateur fights, like if you've been to amateur MMA cards, six fights, it could happen in 10 minutes from now. Like that fight could happen 10 minutes from now. Because it just depends. But Kate, I, I don't know if all the fights are the same, but Casey's fights three two-minute rounds. So it could happen in an hour, could happen in an hour and a half, could happen in 30 minutes. But we yeah. will let you know, I promise. Stay tuned. Stay tuned to our social media. Again. Yeah, this happens after we jump off. We, we, we'll, we're all going to be tweeting about it. We're all, you will not be able to miss it if you're on Twitter, social media. Trust me, you will not be able to miss it. Uh, and I just want to say there was an update on uh, Luana Carolina. I don't think you, you read the update yet, right? No. Uh, from uh, our pal Nolan King. Uh, he said she's doing well. I spoke to her manager. Um, she's at the hospital awaiting CT scan results for full clearance, but cognitive, motor, uh, physical abilities, all normal. So, yeah, that was extremely scary the way she was just down in the cage. And uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, she's doing okay, about as okay as you can be anyway after taking a knockout like that. So. All right. So if you got questions about the card, now's the time. Okay, I'm not I'm not Casey. So also, I'll do the best I can. I just want to throw a quick shout. We breezed past it. Was was Gunner's first win since 2018? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like we've talked about a lot. Sometimes you just just need to get on base. Uh, that that's what this fight was. He just got on base. Didn't show anything new, but got the ball rolling again. So good yep. for you, Gunner. Even if you are the most forgettable thing that happened this entire time. <laughs> All right. First question from the peeps. Bigger upside: Umar Nurmagomedov Ooh. or Muhammad Makayev? Jed. Ooh. Mm, um, I mean, at this point, I'm just sort of all in on the Makayev thing. Uh, Umar's big advantage, as far as I am concerned at this point, is the name Nurmagomedov, which is a very helpful thing to have. Um, and I don't know, maybe he'll be a better fighter, but he's 26, whereas Makayev, again, is 21. I I think at this point there's a real chance Makayev becomes the youngest champion in UFC history, taking that title from technically John Jones, but actually Jose Aldo. Um, and like that's that's in play because honestly the flyweight division is actually pretty open right now. Like you've got Figueredo and Moreno at the top doing their quadrilogy, however many times they're gonna end up fighting. But the rest of it, it's not like anybody is really shown like that guy. It would not blow me away if Mikhaev next year could beat anybody in that division. So I think he just has a path to getting a championship and potentially holding that championship for a while. Whereas, again, Nurmagomedov, he's fighting in a, a much tougher division, frankly. Um, and so it's, he's just got a harder road, road to hoe. He's already 26. He's really good. I think he probably will fight for a title at some point, but, um, 
you know, give me the give me the younger guy in the easier division as far as upside goes. Do you agree with that, AK? Man, he is that that is all in. That, well, <laughs> that is all in. He did it. He sold I, me. Again, I like no, and floor. unlike most debutants, again, there is all that experience. He fought for Brave. We're talking pro. He fought for Brave. Brave's a pretty tough organization to go through, and he was he was excelled there as well. Uh, I, I'm obviously I'll lean towards Umar. I think I think I just probably just because I've seen more. Yeah, he's he's older, but um, I, I've just been, seen more Umar of his. Twenty six. I he's a geezer, um, but no, I, I've just seen more of him, and uh, you know, sort of his all around his all around ability and. Yeah, I, I don't have a strong feel for it. Don't get me wrong. It's just because I've seen more. I, I'm, and I'm not quite ready to jump in on Makai yet. I do think he did beat a tough guy in Durden. Like, as much as I, I, I dislike Durden's like personality, I think he is actually a pretty decent test um, for a 21 year old. So for him to beat him in under a minute was like is super super impressive. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll, again, this is just a this is just a amount of data thing. So for me, Umar. But uh, boy, both guys probably have. It would like I'd be surprised if neither if if we didn't see both guys fight for a UFC title at some point. So Mike, we've got we've got the stodgy conservative pick of mm-hmm. data and numbers and yeah. proven performance, and me all in on the young fun guy. Where feel, you? you're a feel guy. You're a feel I'm guy. About feel. You're, you're a feel guy. I, I'm about manalytics, not analytics. So oh, first. did you make that up? <laughs> Don't tell me you made that up. Don't, Don't claim that. that. Don't worry about it. I think I think Wakaev is is the correct answer. I think he's the total package. I think he can he's got it all. He can speak. He can fire up a crowd. He, he's exciting to watch. Like he's got it all. And Nurmagomedov might be the better overall fighter right now. But you could put the promote. I mean, you could strap the rockets to, to Muhammad Makayev right now, and to the moon. It's all good to the moon, baby, to the moon. Roy, the commentary team is missing John Anik today. Now. I, let me address this, okay? First of all, John Anik, you know how highly I rate John Anik. I think he's not only the best in 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 MMA, the best in combat, maybe the best in combat sports right now. He's one of the best in all of sports right now. I think he's that good. Having said that, John Gooden is tremendous. I thought he was excellent tonight, excellent. And you, he's got to be like. John Gooden has to be the guy on these cards. In fact, I want to see John Gooden more on these broadcasts. That's how that's how good I think he is. Dude, so just, I agree. just want to say that. I like I'm a fan. Yeah. Everything you said, also, you're categorically insane. If you have a you one, who we missed was Dan Hardy. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know that he fell out, but Hardy and Gooden had great chemistry and no disrespect to Paul Felder, who I think is pretty good in the booth, one of the better ones that they've found, honestly. But, like, give me three British dudes talking about fights in London when it's the first fight in three years. Like, that's that's just what I – I don't want – I love John Anik. John Anik should not be the dude doing doing play-by-play for a UFC London card. That's that's insane to me. And I agree. I think Gooden should get more run, run but for certain, this was all Gooden. And he did a great job. Yeah. I mean, get Gooden on – you know, if you can't put him on the in the play-by-play spot, put him on the desk. Do something with him. Utilize his talents more because he's very good at what he does. I know the UFC is using a little bit more, doing some different uh, European stuff, but you know, use use that man as much as possible because he is uh, he's really good at his job. Maybe the most underrated guy in that position. Uh, Zuzlik, does Paul Craig deserve more respect in the light heavyweight division? AK. Yeah, yeah, probably, probably. Uh, so I have him. 
I actually had him. I think I had him behind Krilov, literally one spot behind. So obviously he takes his spot. Uh, I also had him jump over Tiago Santos. I still had him behind had him behind Santos. So yeah, for anyone who had him already ahead of those guys, I probably was being a little disrespectful. Um, and I, and I, I, yeah, and by the jetology, if you if you would put Paul Craig and Tiago Santos together, I probably would have picked Paul Craig to win. So he probably should have already been ahead of him. So that's top ten. I mean, that's top ten in the UFC. In the global rankings, would probably be just outside because I, you know, you would have Nemkov in there. You'd have Corey Anderson, uh, maybe Brian Bader. I don't know, but in the, just in the UFC rankings, <clears throat> which for me includes the champion, I, I have him ninth. Uh, so I don't know uh, if he'll be disrespected anymore after this. I, maybe it's the whole kind of bit we mentioned before, where it's just like because he doesn't dominate his fight, like so, so you know, sometimes seeing a dominant like three round decision tells us a lot more about a fighter than scoring these kind of come from behind submissions or or a lot of submissions off your back. But I mean, look, he's on he's six fight unbeaten streak. That's including the Mauricio, uh, the Shogun Hua draw, excuse me, split draw. Uh, four fights in a row, four wins in a row since then, all finishes. He does he does need a little more respect, and he just kind of like we we're saying with Arnold Allen now. He doesn't have the problem with signature finishes. He's got a ton of those. His highlight reel is insane. Now he needs to show he can kind of get that signature win. Anthony Smith call out made a lot of sense. Uh, a guy who's fought for the title before. He beats him. I mean, that again, that puts him one away and puts him probably on the short list for a title shot if um if you know someone else drops out. So yeah, he does need a little more respect. I do I do think he's been he's been disrespected for sure. Jed, you have a you have a look in your eye that says I I love you AK, but I don't agree with anything you're saying. I don't know. I just I agree honestly in principle with everything AK is saying, but I just don't know that Paul. It's hard for me to give Paul Craig more respect. It's one of those things where I'm probably wrong here, and I'm hand up. I'm going to be wrong here, but I'm going to die on this hill. I gain less respect for Paul Craig. I just lose more respect for the rest of the light heavyweight. Oh. And that's harsh, and that means I'm wrong, and oh I understand that I'm wrong, and I started this off by saying I was going to wow. be wrong. But, like, Nikita Krylov decided, you know, not, uh, not dissimilar to Mike Grundy, if we're going to be honest, he fought in the way that most gave Paul Craig an opportunity to win. He immediately hit him in the face hurt him, and then went to the ground with him and stayed there until such time as he got tapped. Whereas he, he could have just been like, nah, dude, and stood up and kept beating him in the head until Paul Craig fell over and didn't get up. It's it's just one of those things where, like, you have to respect what he has done, the accomplishments. You cannot take the wins away from him because it, he's done it. But it is hard, like – if they re- if he refought Krylov tomorrow, I would probably pick Paul Craig because I think Krylov's just going to be stupid again because that's kind of baked into the pie with him. He like really wants to grapple now, even though he's like only okay at it, uh, and not honestly not great because Jan Blahovich was was sweep tapping him. So you're not like the world's greatest if Jan's hitting a butterfly sweep on you, dude. But like, I don't know if he refought Jamal Hill. Again, that fight, Jamal Hill probably could have won easily, but did a real dumb thing. And I just don't like it's hard for me to give him full credit when part of why he is succeeding is the direct bad decision making of people he's faced. And that's wrong. Like, I'm that is obviously a, a personal failing for me, but it, it's just hard. Like, I've got him ranked, I think I had him ranked at 14. I had him one spot behind Krylov because I thought Krylov would beat him. Um, they're going to swap now, but like, 
I'm not going to put him above Anthony Smith, who I think would beat him. Maybe we'll get that fight. Seems like that's where they're going. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tiago Santos, maybe he could beat Tiago Santos. Like, I, But like Phil Davis, I'm not putting him ahead against any of the other guys. So it's it's harsh. I'm not sure that I need to give it more respect. I respect what he has accomplished. I just still don't think his game is replicably good, if that makes sense. I will say, I don't know if I've ever seen a triangle be so cleanly thrown on so quickly. Really? In, right? It was like, it's like you said, he was, he was, he's, he's literally crouching down sort of into uh, Craig's guard, like potentially into Craig's, because he's trying to posture up, you know, to do some ground and pad, do some other stuff. But like he's hanging there for so long. He just and, left and, it. And Craig has amazing, this isn't saying like taking him, Craig has amazing jujitsu. But man, he threw those legs right up and locked in. And it I just I don't think I've ever I don't I can't last time I saw that. Like it was so instant. Locked in and turned the position to look in the ear instantaneously. uh... And yeah, full credit to Craig because he was half conscious when he did it. But like at the same time, I don't I honestly don't know what was going on in Carlos' head. He was like, I'm just gonna hang here for a minute and let's see what's what's good. Like it's just it baffles me how he's able to pull it off. But at some point in time, like I'm Paul Craig, I feel very much like Brian Ortega, if we're being honest, like it, it shouldn't work. And I look at it and say, this should not work and it keeps working. So obviously I'm the moron, but I can't unsee the things I know, which is that should not work, even though it continues to succeed. Do you think Ilya planned that running with Patty? Cameras were already yeah. like they wanted to go viral. Didn't seem like a genuine Oh, yeah, run-in. yeah. For oh, sure. yeah. 100%. They've been beefing for a while. He was trying to find Patty to beef with Patty. Yeah. Did you, were you guys thinking in that first round, like when, when Jai hurt him real bad, uh, maybe you shouldn't have uh, had all the Patty talk? I mean, because that would have been a bad loss. I mean, that would have been a really bad loss. No, Ilya. I don't think, I don't think I do the talk. I think Jai Herbert is actually like a t- I think Topuri needs to. I hope he goes back down to 145. I know it's a tough weight cut, but like he's not a super big. You could see, and Jai Herbert has like a ton. Is like a is a kind of a big uh, rangier lightweight. He's going to be at a reach disadvantage in a lot of his fights. Now, I mean, he throws bombs, fortunately, and and he has once he gets you up against the fence, uh, you're dead. <laughs> but you know, I think and, and Jai Herbert did well in the first round, so it's not like oh well, Jai Herbert had a bad game plan. It's like no, he did well, and then Topur is really tough and fought through it and, and got you know took the fight where he wanted to eventually. But this is going to be tough for him at 155. So um, yeah, I don't I don't know about him uh, like that 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 worries me. Uh, this question on the screen: Will UFC keep Patty Pimblet away from Topuria? God, I hope so. So uh, Ilya said afterwards, he's like, he's, he himself said, uh, Dana White's going to have feet of separation from Dana me. White's going to have to hold a gun to Patty Pimble, uh to force him to into the octagon with me. And I'm like, that's yeah, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> Ridiculously yeah. not accurate. You're going to have to hold a gun on Dana to make him book. To make him hold a gun. To- that's like, that's no. the exact I'm not thing. To slaughter my cash cow on the altar of good prospect. I'm trying to milk the Patty Pimblet money for all I can. Does Molly break the top fifteen? I don't know. I don't know, Jay Tevo, if you mean like right now or ever. Not a stack division by any means. So, can you see Molly in the top fifteen, Jed? Is is she someone that you rank to that yeah. level, or I'm has that kind of potential to you? About to pull up. I mean, I might throw her a shot just like fifteen right now. Um, mainly just because that KO was so awesome. And like, 
the bottom of that division does not inspire a lot of feelings from me from my <laughs> rankings. Like there's, you know, it's like the end of my rankings: Macy Barber, Alimale McFarland, Joanne Wood. Like I think all those women would probably beat Molly McCann in the fight, but I'm also not like geared up on these are obviously 15 of the best flyweight women in the world. It's just like somebody's got to fill in the lat, the latter end of the rankings for me. So uh, I could, I could see her throwing it. No is the like long-term answer to her, her being like a long-term top flyweight. Look, she and Patty are like very similar in that they are beloved. They seem like they're really fun hangs and people are super into what they're bringing. They got a great vibe. They have very serious limitations as fighters that are going to hold them back from maybe they won't. Maybe they won't hold them back from being stars because Barstool Sports is signing them both and giving them a ton of money. And but it's going to hold them back from being Conor McGregor esque. You know, they they just aren't good enough as fighters to do that. Um, but it doesn't mean they can't put on fun fights and you know do some stuff. I I don't know if Molly McCann has like I'm sure she has some interest in pursuing a title, but. I don't know if she would just be comfortable having fun fights against people she can beat in England because that's what you should do with both of them. Put both of them in England, every fight card together. They should always be because for me, unquestionably, everything else that happened was dope. The end of the Patty fight when Molly hopped in the cage and it's them just getting everybody going and both of them jumping up onto the fence, like that is the iconic moment. There's a couple images of the two of them in the cage celebrating together. That's that's the thing I'm going to remember about this event months from now, even on top of all the other dope stuff that happened. Have those two fight together every card, and they only fight in England. If you're doing anything else, it is promotional malpractice, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I wouldn't put her in the top 15 either. She's the victim of, one, some MMA math that's not in her favor, and uh, just some odd losses. Like, I mean, so, I mean, Jillian Robertson, that was a while ago. So if you want to ignore that, that's fine. Uh, Lara Procopio, that was just last year. Lara Procopio isn't even the UFC anymore. Um, Tyler Santos, that's fine. Tyler Santos obviously is like a top five in her division, so that's not terrible. But um, yeah, she just doesn't really have super great. Well, Luana Carolina, I would have ranked below Molly McCann anyway, so it's not like she can take her spot. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I just, she, she needs to string together either. She needs to either put together a really impressive win streak. I think she's earned herself a top fifteen opponent. So if people want to count that as her being ranked top fifteen, that's fine. That's not. I I don't think she's top fifteen yet. But yeah, I, I have no problem with them trying to throw her, throwing her in there with somewhere in the top fifteen now, and uh, and seeing how that goes. Like like uh, Jed says, she has a certain style, which is super entertaining, great, really fun to watch. Um, but probably does put a cap on her actual um, championship aspirations. And if she cares about that, that's unfortunate. She it doesn't seem like she does. At least not at the moment. We'll see if she strings together another couple of wins. Um, against opponent if they don't give her top 15 maybe she, she strings together more wins uh, against you know people in her range then we start talking about hey uh, four straight wins maybe she's a title contender and all that but it's way too early and uh yeah i don't i wouldn't have her in the top 15 right now molly mccann to me is like nico price it's like a nico price type fighter at 125 and there's nothing wrong with that because when nico price is on a card you see his face on a poster against anybody you're like sweet banger nico price is fighting this is gonna be a fun fight i feel like that's kind of where molly is and she can win a lot of them nico won some crazy ass fights against some really good fighters and i really feel like molly ways. in some really crazy ways i feel like molly could be something like that 
like make a very good living, be a popular fighter. I don't think she's going to be fighting for titles anytime soon, but that's okay. That's fine. Maybe that maybe that's not her, and that's good. That's okay. But she could be very successful in this business without fighting for titles or being a top fifteen fighter. Very successful. It doesn't when you're a star. It doesn't matter who you're. Like you don't have to be on a title track. You can just fight people that people will watch because you're going to do a fun thing and people like you. Like just have her fight anybody in England and people are going to turn tune in and turn up. It's going to be dope. Yeah. Listen, nobody this, this... knows who. Nobody knows who that poor dead woman is until today. <laughs> And they're never going to know forever because Molly McCann won, and that's all that mattered. You just do that forever, and you should because it's awesome. I had a great yeah. time watching her fight. Listen, we should have the same principle with Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker is only 32 years old. He has a ton of mileage on him. I will say, I do see, I saw a lot of comments earlier asking, asking, like, is he diminished or is he on the way down? I'm like, I mean, in fairness, yeah, he probably is. He's been in some crazy ass, what, Dustin Poirier, uh, Paul Felder, the Barbosa beatdown is like one of the scariest, like, beatdowns i've seen it was that was horrible to watch so he's has a ton of mileage so he's 32 years old but probably about like 50 in fight years but he's the kind of guy you put uh, stop putting him against up-and-coming contenders one he's such an entertaining fighter let's get him back in fun. don't put him in there with islam makachevs and i mean arnold allen was kind of a good matchup but also he obviously is a young hungry guy who's on his way towards a title that's not how i would describe dan hooker right now um you wait till they can get cards again in New Zealand or Australia again. You put on one of those, give him a stand-up battle. There's a lot of good fights ahead for for Dan Hooker. It's it, he fought his way into the elite. I understand, and that's so. It's like, oh well, we got to match up with just the elite. But now I think he's fought his way out of the elite, to put it nicely. And so guys like him and 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 uh, women like Molly McCann. Again, it doesn't have to be about titles. It doesn't have to be rising to the ranks. And if you happen to win enough fights to get there, great. But if you don't, just give us fun fights. Who cares? Okay. I think we're good, right? Well, there is one more poll that I threw up, which I'd like people oh. to... If you haven't... <laughs> it's the most, this is the most important poll. What's the poll? Do you guys not watch the YouTube stream while we're... Come on. No. I'm watching no. YouTube. Oh, you got to have the YouTube stream on. I know. I mean, we have the comments on our thing, but still. Uh, this is the most important poll. How does EKC Lydon win tonight? All right, guys. This is the, So people, please get your votes in the last minute here. All right. Don't all rush in at once. Uh, right now, leading leading Peruvian necktie, twenty eight percent. Rolling thunder kick, close behind, twenty seven percent. And then flying triangle choke, twenty four percent. Showtime I mean, Superman punch. <laughs> Jed, you like flying triangle? Showtime Superman punch, just behind twenty two percent, but pretty evenly split. I think people are expecting a spectacular finish, uh, and that's, that's he's great. not going to throw a rolling thunder or a Superman punch like that's. <laughs> He's a fundamental guy. He's nuts and bolts. He, yeah, he's when, not going to do that. When you're in there, you know, you know, it just shuts instincts kick in. You know, no, I just don't think so. Think about how much he's been filming all the fights. He's no, I guess he doesn't really film the actual fights, but but he has his his brain is like a camera. He's internalized his techniques, Jed. Technique, and there, and he doesn't even know he knows them until he's just going to throw one out tonight. I hope. I hope you're right. I hope he does a spinning wheel kick. KO because that would be savage, <laughs> and we could lead Mist Fist with him. That would be yes. Awesome. That's oh, I'm, I'm waiting for us to lead Mist Fist with him. Uh, I just want to say before we click out of here, I think it's telling and interesting that uh, we didn't spend all that much time talking about Tom Aspinall on this card. It was you know we did some main event, but this was really this was a collection of people, not a hey Tom Aspinall's the next dude, even if. He might be the next dude. This, the perfect this, card. this is a card we'll be talking about 
like two years from now, we'll be like, man, can you believe Mokhaev, Paul, um, Paul, Jack Shore, Sergey Pavlovich, and Tom and Asmodon, whoever were all on the same card, and Dude. like three of them, like this is Arnold one of them. Allen. What do you throw throw shade at my boy? No, he's already in the, but he's already established. Like he's yeah. already in the co-main, right? This is like one where like these guys will be UFC champions or they'll be top five ranked. All and they'll be like, wow, they were all on the same card. Like that's crazy. And like three of them were on the prelims. Like holy crap, you know? So we'll we'll we will look back on this one for sure. Yeah, man, Tapuria. All right, so yeah, Tapuria, Jesus. AK and I, we have more content to, to record. What? Very soon. Very soon. What? Um, we're getting out of here. From all accounts, Casey is like four fights away from fighting. So, uh, can't wait. Celtic Gladiator promotional well, Instagram. Ramondi is also streaming it. He said so. And Ramondi is streaming it as well. So, there you go. So, like those pages. Get ready. Turn those notifications on. Good time. And when one of them goes live, that probably means Casey's fighting. So Nervous. best of luck once again for Casey. Uh, we're going to try to distract ourselves, AK. We're going to record on to the next one. In Can we make Casey seconds. a song like Patty the Batty has? Because I'm not going to lie. The Patty the Batty chant is awesome. What do they what do they do? They use the what do they use again? Oh Paddy. Oh, so good. <laughs> this is, okay. That was dope. Like that place is rocking with that. Yes, as Scott McCrae is saying, this is literally the last call. If you oh, don't yeah. get one if you don't get your honest suggestions in in the next two minutes, they're not gonna be right on the show. By the way, congrats, Scott. He was one fight away from a perfect card. Yeah, I think he picked Hooker. I think that was one mistake. So Scott, congrats to you, oh, friend. I know you were really? I think Mike. someone else had a twelve and one pick. You got off two. He did really well. And, and you got off to a hell of a got, start. Like, several perfects. This card was just so predictable. What can we say? But no, Mike did good. Mike, you did. Mike, Scott McCray, you guys are If I had the stones to put Paul Craig, I bet on Paul Craig, but I didn't pick him for picks competition. If I had the stones, I'd have been really good night. What was the other what was the other miss? You picked up you, you picked Oh, I'm, everyone, I'm convinced nobody picked Mach 100. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that cost you the perfect, but yeah. Alright, we're out of here. For Jed, for AK, I am Mike Heck. Good night, everybody. Go Casey. Go Casey. Love, you, buddy. Love you guys. And you, Casey. By the way, Instagram. Instagram. Celtic Gladiator. C-E-L-T-I-C underscore Gladiator. Gladiator. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs>
wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.